0: What was your first impression of the project? Not of me personally, but of the
1: project and the mission. The first impression was like one of the craziest (laughs) things I have ever heard. Like when I first heard about it, it was like just like really crazy. And I still experience that a little bit when I talk about the project to like some other people. They always get shocked. And I'm like, huh, yeah, (laughs) it's a good story, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's a good story.
0: I'm Terence Steinberg, and I'm preparing to row across the Pacific Ocean, from San Francisco to Hawaii, to inspire a more courageous
2: world. And I'm Zach Smith. I'm not rowing at all, but I'm here to help tell the story. I spent the past 10 years exploring the far reaches
0: of my mind and body, first through depression and later through endurance sports like Ironman triathlons, ultra marathons, and now rowing the Pacific with each step. And even today, I found the biggest barriers inside myself, the doubts and fears and stories I had to rewrite in my heart. And each time I've discovered I can always do more, that humans are infinitely adaptable. But I've also learned that knowing this myself is not enough. So this time I'm bringing you with me to hopefully inspire you to believe more in yourself and in the opportunity for a better tomorrow. Welcome aboard the United World Challenge.
2: Another amazing part about the United World Challenge is that we're raising money to send students to the United World Colleges, focusing on students affected by rising seas caused by climate change. We want to fuel their dreams. At this time, we'd like to remind everyone listening that if you have any questions, please submit them to us via our Facebook page at the United World Challenge. And we'll get to them on our next episode. Last time on episode seven, we talked with Sonia Baumstein, the CEO of Spin Drift Rowing, who has been building the boat for the challenge. If you missed it, be sure to go back and listen, because it was a pretty awesome conversation, with maybe even a few surprises for you. Today, we're shifting gears a bit as we chat with one of his trainers about what it's going to take to get Tez
1: physically ready for the trip. Yeah, my name is Felipe Seton. I'm from Brazil, actually, working here in the States. I'm a personal trainer, also I'm a physical therapist.
2: It turns out the physical therapy wasn't always Felipe's choice. His path to it was fairly normal in that he was always into sports, but it was actually a bit of
1: a compromise. So, I mean, sports been part of my life since pretty much ever, as I can recall. So I started playing soccer back in my country, in Brazil. Uh, I started to kind of become a professional since very early in my life. Ten years old, I think I kind of went to this professional club to start, like, playing for the youth divisions. So that was pretty much the beginning of everything. And when I finished high school, I had to pick some something to do in college. <laughs> and physical therapy was kind of, you know, was not like sports science because my mom didn't want me to do like only, you know, to become a coach. So in her mind, I should become a doctor. And physical therapy was somewhere in between. So, <clears throat> so I actually went to do physical therapy. Didn't like much in the beginning. Wasn't like really... A passion for me, and I actually finished college without, sh- without like being too much sure that that was my path. Mm. But then I started working. I went back to the same professionals that I used to um, work with. They're like guys they used to be my physical therapists when I actually w- were playing soccer, and that's how I started to you know became a little bit more passionate about it and everything.
2: But even though he compromised on his path through college. He kept playing soccer with that same club he'd been playing with since he was 10. To explain a little bit of how this works for the American listeners, Brazil's soccer culture runs deep, and their professional clubs have very extensive talent scouting programs. Imagine the American Baseball League. Each team, like the New York Yankees or LA Dodgers, has a minor league team that they use as a place to test out younger talent and as a place for their potential to mature. This we call the minor leagues. It's still professional, but the pay is lower, tickets are cheaper, and the teams are less known. In Brazil, there are three full professional divisions. Many of all these clubs have scouting programs. The clubs with more money have very extensive ones. Felipe was playing in a club soccer group that was within the scouting program of a club called Flamengo, one of the largest and most successful clubs in Brazil's history, since he was 10 years old. He never did make it to the first division, but he did manage a contract on the second division team while he was in college.
1: So I played like professionally, like on the professional league for three or four years. During university? During, During university. university, yeah. Gotcha. So it's kind of crazy traveling a lot, like pretty much while going traveling every single weekend and going to school at the same time. What helped me was like the school was physical therapy. So it was kind of cool to be this athlete and once in a while playing uh, on TV and stuff. So like, you know, the professor, everybody knew that I was a professional. So I was coming in with like, you know, like with the clothes of the club. Oh, hey, (laughs) just came back.
2: Toward the end of college, he realized that he didn't see a path forward towards accomplishing his dream of playing for a major European soccer club, like Barcelona or Madrid. So he started working with some of the same physical therapists that he was a client of while playing soccer. A few years later, he moved to New York City and eventually to Colorado to work for the Colorado Athletic Club in Boulder, where Terence was one of his first clients.
1: So uh, I remember, I was just starting working here, and Travis, the manager here in personal training in the club, uh, the previous manager, actually, he came to me and told me, like, about the story a little bit, like, this guy, he's going to row across the ocean, he's pretty crazy, and watch out this YouTube video. And then I watched, like, the YouTube video, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. This is, like, pretty crazy, actually. Uh, I like it. Uh, and what it, what it is? And he's like, uh, he he's... He's trying to find someone here in the club, like one of the trainers that can help him. Like, I think it was an assessment that you were looking for in the beginning. And he was like telling me, like, I think you're going to be the best fit because you're a physical therapist also. So you can actually really understand, like, you know, his movement patterns and everything else and try to help him with that that, uh, little guidance on that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm in. And then we met and then we started this journey together. We decided to work together for a year or so, so we can get you in a better shape in the boat.
2: Unlike a year ago, when Terrence was moving around the gym without much direction, the exercises Felipe has him doing have targeted outcomes. Some foundational work that any athlete might do, but some are very specific to the challenges Terrence will face.
1: Yeah, one of the ideas was uh, helping to build up a lot of muscle mass in order to gain some weight. So when he's out in the boat, he's going to be losing a lot of weight. He's not going to be able to... Eat as much, and he's not—he's not gonna be able to to rest as much. He's gonna be moving all the time, like rowing the boat to to go across the ocean. <laughs> so that's gonna be pretty demanding. Uh, so that was one of the goals, and on on the side was like a lot of you know strengthening. That's pretty much my understanding of like how to make a, like a human body strong. It's like really starting with like core and glutes, like really trying to create this foundation where the body's gonna be pretty strong to move. Uh, in the first place, and then we've been, like, kind of focusing a little bit on building up some back strength, shoulder strength, trying to get rid of, like, little problems that he was facing. All of this training, however, started before Felipe found out about
2: a little secret that Terrence had.
1: And then when I learned that, actually, Terrence didn't know how to row, was, like, even, like, hey, (laughs) how come you think, like, you're going to be able to cross the ocean without, like, knowing how to row? But, like very early also in the in the in the, the in the journey, I think I understood that it was like a lot about really believing on the dream of like being able to do it and everything else, and that's pretty much what I think as well for my life. If you want to do something, you can you know focus and learn and do it as long as you want to do it rather than you know what I'm pretty good doing this, but if I don't want to do this, so it's not gonna happen so Really early in the journey, I kind of saw on, on him that he had it, like he had the dream and he would, he would do it like one way or another. So it was pretty exciting to see, like, let's see if he can row.
2: Even with the determination of a marathoner, Ironman athlete and ultra marathoner, it has still been understood that this will be the greatest challenge that Terence has ever undertaken. And as with all the prior accomplishments, it's going to hurt
1: yeah as I've talked to him a lot about it, I think um injuries are gonna come one way or another. he's gonna start facing like you know some shoulder pains, potentially some elbow pains um maybe uh he's gonna face like some other issues that we it's hard to think now, but probably he's gonna be you know facing some other injuries so one of the ideas is that trying to create um as much calluses as possible like not only on his hand but like also on his butt and all of the things that are involved in the rowing and because once he's out there there is no other way around he's going to be in pain so he's trying to really make his as strong as possible him as strong as possible in order to feel as less pain as possible during the journey pretty much but there will be pain but there will be pain yeah
2: (laughs) After finding out the details of what Terence is up to in the gym and where he needs to toughen up, both in strength and literally get thicker skin, Felipe shared a surprise that makes all of this hard
1: work worth it. It's been fun, and I'm starting to myself look forward to have some challenges as well. In your life? In my life. Do you have any ideas? uh, Actually, no, but I'm starting to think. Uh, probably I'm not going to be rowing. I don't swim very well, so I don't want to be out in the ocean <laughs> by myself, but that's something else. Uh, but not really. Maybe finishing an Ironman should be like more feasible. That would and, be awesome. Uh, yeah. And like start training for them. That would be cool. Wow. So that's something that's kind of come to your mind since, since this project. Oh yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And, and I, it's, 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 it's been interesting to see like, how much you can learn in a year and how much you can improve and take a challenge that you never thought that was possible before.
0: Oh yeah, that's that's the idea. That's the idea, man.
2: That's what we're talking about. To take the next step and do something you currently may not think is possible. At first, it might seem crazy, but the key to all of Terence's success so far, and any success really, is being intentional so all of your work counts and to set your goals. Speaking of where Terence is at, it's time to check in with him and see how he's doing. So tell me a little bit about your training session with Felipe. I know you got to sit down with him and do a recording after one of your training sessions. And I want to know, how are you feeling right now in your preparation physically?
0: Pretty good. I felt I was in a better spot about a month ago, to be honest. I was going to say,
2: I heard some hesitation there. <laughs>
0: yeah, pretty good. I would give myself like a B. I was really ramping up October, November, December, was putting on a lot of weight, making some gains uh, You know, in terms of my numbers and what I could do. And the past few weeks has just been a bit more difficult. So I've lost a few pounds and you know I need to be putting that on to have fuel for the trip itself. So I just weighed myself yesterday, this is details, but I was 157, and a few weeks ago I was like 160, 161. So that's trending the wrong direction. Um, so not not super stoked about that, but it's just where I'm at right now, trying to balance the training as well as ramping back up with the day job and other things.
2: And how do you think this would compare? You said you're at 157 right now, and you put yourself at a B. How would that compare to where you think you were when you first got in contact with Felipe?
0: Oh my goodness, night and day, night and day. I was I was like low 140s. So in the past year, I've put on close to 20 pounds. Um, it was 20, right. I just lost a few. And most of that's muscle. So that, I mean, it, it's, it's been huge. And th- th- that's the amazing thing of working with a trainer. They're going to push you harder. They push me harder than I push myself, you know? So mm-hmm. compared to where I was a year ago, Totally different, and also when I started working with Felipe, I was I had been doing deadlifts and squats and stuff on my own, and I'm not trained in that, and I actually injured myself. I hurt my back, mm, and I couldn't yeah. row. Um, I didn't tell many people this, but I couldn't row for even five minutes.
2: <laughs> oh
0: man! Uh, last like March, April, um, even May, and yeah, March, April, May, June. And it was honestly scary. I mean, imagine yourself, you're like six months before about to push off for what you think is a two to three month journey, doing something 12 hours a day, and I can't even do it for five minutes. And I was like, I will figure this out. I will get through it. I don't know what the answer is right now, but I'll get through it.
2: Have you had an approach to that? I mean, what is your approach in the actual training session? I mean, do you, do you have a little pep talk before every training session? Do you have a playlist where you've got I, the tiger? blaring and you shoot a Red Bull and you're like, all right, let's do this. Here we
0: go. Yeah, that's actually how I start every day, Zach.
2: Um a <laughs> <and laughs>
0: Tiger. And uh, <laughs> no, no, I mean, that's one of the awesome things about working with trainers. They push me harder than I push myself. So I don't have to give a pep talk beforehand.
2: As another part of this training, Felipe also mentioned you needing to build up calluses, because you're going to be rowing for 8, you know, 10, 12 hours a day, depending on the day. Not only will you need to be able to pull the oars, but your hands and your body will need to be able to withstand the friction and that that stress on your skin as well. But I'm wondering what that process might look like, because Obviously, a lot of people have calluses on their hands, you know, I'm imagining maybe you playing guitar for hours a day to trying to get calluses on your finger, you know, the classic saying of playing guitar until your fingers bleed. How are you going about building calluses for this?
0: You know, it, it's similar that um, uh, image with playing guitar until your fingers bleed is, is actually pretty apt. So, but not for my hands. I, I'm building calluses on my hands by rowing. I'm also building calluses on my bum by rowing. So when I was, I mean.
2: Do as, they put sandpaper I, on the seat?
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, I don't need to, unfortunately, because apparently I have a baby's bottom, and it's just way too soft for me.
2: <laughs> I heard a bit at the end of your chat with Felipe where he mentioned that he himself was inspired to hear your story. How cool was that? to hear from Felipe's mouth himself face to face to hear him say that your project has inspired him to start possibly training for something big himself like an Ironman to push himself further I mean he's a former pro soccer player and you inspired him to push himself
0: yeah Zach I mean that's really what it's all about honestly that 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 brings tears to my eyes you know hearing people like that how it's changed their life already before we've even begun rowing, you know before the boat was on the water, just people seeing seeing it as an example, you know and then asking themselves, what do they want to do with this short life we have? right? So another friend, someone I mentored a bit in college, she messaged me last year telling me she's running her first marathon in Vietnam. Another friend of mine awesome. yeah, another friend lost 60 pounds ahead of his wedding and rededicated himself to fitness and wellness and he's told me that wow. like this inspired him to do that um wow my, my brother's a rock climber and he says when i'm out in the ocean he's gonna go climb el capitan in, in yosemite which is a pretty
2: oh yeah it's
0: phenomenally difficult climb that's huge uh and so hearing this i mean that's that's what it's about man i feel grateful to have been on this journey where i figured some of these things out myself and i feel like it's my duty to not just do the row, but to share the story, to inspire people to do whatever it is to cross their ocean, whatever whatever that is for them. So, yeah, I mean, it was amazing to hear that from Felipe. Uh, and, and hopefully, you know, whether people tell me or not, hopefully other people feel the same way.
2: Yeah. You know, I grew up hearing a saying that this reminds me of a lot. And it starts with a number. It's 86,400 and it's the number of seconds you have in a day. And what that represents is the number of moments you have in a day to make a different choice or to make a choice to pursue something that you're interested in that maybe you've been putting off. And a lot of people think at the beginning of the day, well, yeah, I'll do that tomorrow. And you don't have to wait till tomorrow just because you decided maybe you weren't going to do something in the morning. You have 86,400 moments. And you can break that down even further, but seconds, I think, is far enough. <laughs> <laughs> you that's know,
0: enough, that's enough. Any, any <clears 86>, thousand four hundred one would
2: be a little overwhelming. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you have eighty six thousand four hundred moments in a day to decide that you want to do something that you're going to take a step towards what you want to do. Yeah. And you have that every day
0: to choose. I so on my wrist, I wear a little very small piece of jewelry it's literally just a washer but it it engraved is the word shoes uh, because so often we can be an autopilot I know I certainly am sometimes still too and just seeing that on my wrist reminds me to choose you know rather than look at the time what where is it where do I need to be choose what do I want to focus on what do I want to do how do I want to feel right now that's our choice and that's our That's the amazing part, being human. So yeah, 86,400 times a day, can choose.
2: It's a good time to tie back into the meaning of this whole project again and ask you, how do you think this helps the world become a more courageous place?
0: So courage can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. And it's up to you how you want to apply it. But the important thing is to choose. Right. It's it's to choose that thing that maybe you've been putting off. Maybe it's something that scares you a little bit, whatever that is. In my case, you know, a year ago, it was putting off asking for help for training. But by asking for a bit of help, it's opened up so many doors, helped me grow so much. And then in turn, Felipe, who's helping me, is now inspired to go take himself to the next level. And so it's it's just choosing any day, any moment, what does courage mean to you and how are you going to do it?
2: This is a good time to move on to our closing. And we always like to end by thanking everybody that's involved. And that means all the crewmates that Felipe, uh, thank you so much Felipe for all the great work that you're doing for being willing to be interviewed and be a part of this podcast and project. For everyone listening you are a big part of what and who this project is about we are now on all major platforms so please if you haven't please find us on spotify itunes wherever you get your podcasts and hit the favorite button or subscribe button terrence i think last week we had an announcement that might still apply or last episode rather we had an announcement that we should probably make again about wanting a campaign manager
0: yeah, that's it, Zach. The number one thing I want to uh, sort out for the project, for the for the challenge right now, is hiring some help uh, for a campaign manager to help coordinate between sponsors. Myself help build out some of the media plans while I'm during the while I'm on the ocean. So this is a paid position, and if anyone is interested or knows someone who would be a great entrepreneurial, very creative uh, candidate, please put them in touch
2: with me. And as always, a reminder for everyone listening how they can be involved if they want to.
0: You can support our mission to inspire the world, make a donation to the challenge or visit the launch page at the unitedworldchallenge.org. You can support our UWC scholarship fund to send new students to United World Colleges via the mission page on unitedworldchallenge.org. You can get involved personally. Offer your time, a skill, or connect us to a partner for equipment services or media coverage. And lastly, inspire a more courageous world. Tell your friends and share this story. Until next time, and always keep believing in yourself and those around you. Together, we're rowing for a better tomorrow.
2: All right. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. The soundtrack for this episode was composed by and is courteous of the artist, who you can find at SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash thecuriouskid.